Welcome to the Embodied CEO Podcast. I'm Kirsten, and while I'm an integrative performance dietitian by trade, a mom of three, and a wife, I am also a nearly two-decade entrepreneur turned business mentor, and I've seen all sorts of iterations of how to do business. And I'm tired of female business owners not fully stepping into their power because the road we've been told we have to take to get here sucks. In this podcast, I'm empowering entrepreneurs to trust their voice and expertise, to start thinking big when it comes to their business, and to move forward unapologetically toward goals that don't have to make sense to other people. Let's have the big conversations. Let's lay it all out on the table. And let's support each other forward in this crazy journey of entrepreneurship. Oh, and let's have some fun while we're doing it. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Embodied CEO Podcast. I am super excited because I have another guest speaker with us today. And this is one that you haven't seen me talk about before because we just very recently got connected probably in the last couple of months on Instagram. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about her. But hopefully by the end of this episode, we will just be friends that have known each other forever because I feel like that's how it goes with dietitians once we meet each other. So here is another fellow dietitian who has a very similar journey to mine, just probably 20 years younger than mine. But anyway, very similar journey. And we're going to kind of get into it today. She's going to talk us through it. And I would love to welcome to the show, Lauren Sharp. Thanks for being here, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you. And we were just before I started recording talking about I was making a comment on her bedroom because I can see her in video right now. And she informed me that she's actually in Florida. So I'm very excited because we just had an entire connection to Florida because you guys know that's where I went to school. And that's my part of my heart is still always in Florida. But Lauren, I want to have everybody kind of this is why I'm excited to have you on because everyone knows my journey and kind of where it went and that it wasn't sort of the traditional dietitian journey. And the more dietitians I talk to, and we don't just have dietitians listening, we have many coaches listening and many entrepreneurs listening. But for those of you that are in a profession that is traditionally very structured and very, you do this and then you do this and then this is expected and then this is expected and we just step through with the check boxes and do the things. And 40 years later, we look back and go, holy shit, where did I go wrong? So Lauren and I didn't do that. So I want to talk today about her journey and how it's very similar to mine because yours also wasn't linear, right? Tell us a little bit about your trained career and kind of how you came to hold the RD credential. Like where did that all start? Yeah. So it's super interesting because my dad was slash is an entrepreneur. So he was a mortgage broker, which again, is kind of like what you would say a traditional path, right? He didn't like go and invent a random app with like technology or whatever, but he created his own brokerage as a mortgage broker. And in 2008, the market crashed and it was horrible. And I don't think that there's nearly as much education on like financial literacy as there is now. There's no like have three to six months of emergency savings, have, you know, all that type of stuff. So I don't think... But don't worry, we all learned to square dance in middle school because that was important. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that prepared us for life. I mean, even still, I, I don't have children, but I, from what I hear, it's like the school system is still like, you know, know how to solve for X and it's crazy, but exactly, exactly. So my dad and my family, you know, they, they had to make some compromises because it went from like a hundred to zero very quickly. The laws changed in terms of like what you needed in order to practice as a mortgage broker. Banks took over so much, all the things. So I remember at that age, I think I was, I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school. And I said to my parents, like, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but I know I don't want this to happen to me. And my parents were like, okay, Lauren, so what are you going to do? And I was like, well, 
then I'm going to do healthcare, right? It's like recession proof, but I didn't, I'm a very like, I need to be efficient. I need things to go through. I need to get them done quickly. I'm a manifester, which I believe you are too, right? I'm a manifester too. Yes. Yes. So we like things to go very quickly, right? We move very quickly through things. We have big ideas and then we want them yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, there's no way that I can sit in medical school for however many years it takes in order to get to like the level that I would want to hold. It's like, all right, well, I love nutrition. Let's go for that. And then I also love the idea that in nutrition, I love the clinical aspect of things, but also I could start a private practice, right? I could like have that entrepreneurial side to it. So I ended up going to school. It was originally for reasons that I wanted to lose weight. And I was like, I need to understand every aspect of the body because why am I gaining weight and all the things? Developed an eating disorder, was very obsessive about food, orthorexia, all the things, lots of anxiety. So my journey definitely took a turn for something that it wasn't originally quote unquote for. And I did my dietetic internship at New York Presbyterian. I loved it. You know how people like instill so much fear. I really, truly loved it. And I realized that where I loved it most was like the ICU because that's where I felt the most needed. I didn't feel like I just like all I can do for these people is give them enter when I like want to be able to like order them sweet green or something. Like it was just not conducive to how I wanted to make an impact. And I had a really hard time thinking about like being in a clinical setting And again, I like to move quickly, like the idea of how long it would take me to get to a higher up position, like gave me agita. Like I can't do this. I can't sit here and make as much as the person next to me who I might be working my ass off and they're not. And we still make the same salary. Right. And it's funny because in school, you know how they have you take those like personality tests and like what career would be a good fit for you. And for me, it was always like sales. And I was like, huh. I don't know what I would like sell. Like I was like confused. Didn't gel with what you were doing, right? It's so funny actually, side note here, um, because when I took all of those tests every single time, you know, middle school, high school, college, whatever, it was like, you're really good at business. You're really good at interpersonal skills. You're really good at sales. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to be a dietitian. Like what? This this quiz is stupid. And look at us now, right? (laughs) Exactly. It all comes together. But yeah, I was like, I can't see how this is going to work out here. So Yeah, I hired my first business coach in my internship, all my savings, used it all towards the business coach, and it was 100% worth it. It was amazing. I mean, I will say I had the luxury of at the time I was living at home, didn't really have any expenses. So uh, I hired my first business coach. It took about nine months until I hit my first 5K month, and I really had that drive because I was like, I want to be able to move out. I want to get an apartment with my boyfriend, like all the things. And I didn't want to have to go get a part-time job or anything. And I, looking back, I was like very headstrong about that, which was good in the sense of it made me hustle my ass off to get there. But I also do think that I started business from a very scarce place because I was like, I have to make ends meet. I don't have any other income. And that's essentially where I am now. And I love that journey. I love that journey so much. Um, One of the questions I had for you that I wanted to ask you today, and you've kind of already answered is, you know, what did everybody think when you were like, I'm going to take all my savings and sink it here. But the parallel, like as much as our stories are parallel, you had this massive advantage here with the fact that your dad was an entrepreneur. Like your dad understood the idea of it doesn't have to be a nine to five to make someone else rich. My dad was the opposite. My dad was a 40 year career guy with the same company. 
and I've told the story in different variations before, but my dad literally thought my husband was insane when we first got together because he's like, this guy doesn't have a job. And I'm like, dad, he has a job. He's an entrepreneur. He goes, that's just another word for unemployed. Like he doesn't have a job. And then when my husband and I started building businesses, we actually asked my dad for a very small loan for one of the initial businesses. And my dad said, no, because he's like, if I give you that money, I own the company. And we we're like, no, thanks. Pass. Right. And then when that company took off and we eventually sold that company for a very large amount of money, that's what it took for my dad to understand. And I always say it this, and I, I love my dad and I hate that this is the way that that story ends, but my dad worked his entire life and always made good money, but never generated wealth mm-hmm. and never had freedom because he generated wealth and freedom for other people. You had this massive advantage of your dad, even though the market crashed in 2008. And side note, I love that you were a freshman in high school. I gave birth to my first child in 2008, just for perspective, <laughs> um, who was about to be a high schooler in August. My first child is going to high school in August. But so my husband and I obviously very clearly remember the recession because we were in the recession. We had just bought a house, our very first house the year before. And then the recession hit. So I am well aware of the fallout of the recession. But even though that happened and your dad kind of, you know, it all kind of fell apart, you still had that drive and you had that support from a parent perspective of we get this and we support you in in going down this journey. Not everyone has that, right? Like a lot of people get pushed back from their loved ones, their spouses, their partners, their parents. You had kind of a kind of a nice setup there. Yeah, I want to that's something I'm so grateful for. The only time I got pushed back was when I I got off this call with this coach and I was so excited. I it was like the first time I even heard about like business coaches. I was like, okay, I guess I need this if I want to start a practice. And I told my mom and I was like, is this something you want to help me out with? And she's like, uh, are you out of your mind? We're paying for your dietetic internship. Like Absolutely not. And then my dad was always the one. He wasn't going to necessarily give me the money for it. Again, I, I use my savings, but when I did it, like when I took the leap, they weren't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. You know, they were much like, all right, we're doing the damn thing. We support you. Let's see how it goes. And even my fiance now, he was like, I really had to hold my tongue a few times because he's not, I mean, he's a physical therapist. He's works for another practice. He's very, uh, he just doesn't like, there are certain people I do believe that have that like entrepreneurial drive and other people that just prefer to work for someone else. And that's okay. But he, we had a conversation a few weeks ago and he was like, I'm really proud of where you're at. I I had to hold my tongue a few times. It's hard to believe in something that you've never seen really done. And you're like, all right, you're investing how much in a business coach and what's really happening here, right? And sometimes it it takes time for them to like build that trust. I mean, we're human, like we're we're gonna question certain things, like I said, that we haven't seen done before. So if you are somebody that's sitting in that, whether it's a parent, spouse, anything. I recommend that you just say, please just trust me. Like this isn't something that you need to be 100% on board with me with. But I struggled with that for a while because I was like, he doesn't support me. Da, 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 da. And it was just fear. And that's okay. It's fear. It always is. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like, can you trust me through this? You know, the interesting thing about that, I've been on both sides of that. And my husband and I have recorded an episode together. Actually, by the time you guys hear this one, you will have heard that other one because it'll air first. Who I want to listen 
Yeah, it's, it's a good one because he is the serial entrepreneur and has always been an entrepreneur um, because we come from very different backgrounds and his was sort of initially by necessity where mine wasn't because my parents were always very comfortable and financially things were fine. So I was like, we're just going to step through the things and we're good and whatever. And I feel like when it is from necessity, you mentioned lack earlier. I feel like sometimes when it does come from lack, we give so much negativity toward that, but it also gives us a different drive. When it starts in lack, the drive is double. Don't stay in lack, but when it starts from lack, you're like, I'm going to hustle my ass off to make this work the way that I want it to work, right? So he and I had this entire conversation about, I used to be the one that didn't have full trust, which is funny if you look at me now, because now I'm like, give me the challenge. I am here and watch me crush it, right? right? But I used to be so scared of, even when I invested in my first business coach, and it was $15,000, it was not a small amount of money, but I was in tears about it. I was so freaked out about it. My husband was like, dude, just do it. What the hell? He's like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yes. And he goes, do you trust yourself? I was like, yes. He goes, why are we having this conversation? So I was on the opposite side of, you know, your fiance with, but it's, I think because my husband had done this so many times and we'd invested a hundred thousand dollars of our own savings previously into another business. So for him, this was like, why are we even talking about this? But it is a real thing that people have to overcome, especially when you, you don't have proof. And even if you've seen other people do it, you don't have proof that you can do it. To which my advice is just always, do you trust that you can do it? And do you believe this is the thing for you? Like there, there's there's some people who aren't meant to be entrepreneurs ever. The idea sounds really great to a lot of people, but it, it is a very different life. And it is a life of you have to be willing to fail over and over and over and continue to even when you're winning. <laughs> and not everyone's cut out for that, right? But if you feel that you're cut out for that, then the only way forward is both feet in. That is my firm belief. The only way forward is both feet in because otherwise you will never know whether you're going to succeed or not. It can't, you can't half-ass entrepreneurship. You really can't. You can't. Yeah. And it's so it's so crazy too to think about like me in the past, I never would have thought I would have had to go through the things that I had to go through to get here, right? All the failures, all the revelations, I mean. But it's ultimately why I started entrepreneurship is because of I was so clear on the life that I wanted to live. And I was like, why am I going to like, I don't want to live this life that I don't have freedom. I don't have growing up. My mom always, she worked part-time. She always had Fridays off. And I was like, that's amazing. It was never a like, oh, mommy has to work. So we can't go on vacation or mommy has to work. So we can't like, I always had Fridays with her. Like it was, it was nice. There was, she was always picking me up from school. And I was like, if I ever have children one day and just for my own life in general, I want that to be something that I'm able to do. And I love that that's what's modeled for you, right? Like just, this is such an interesting conversation because our paths are so similar, but literally, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny of, of age here. Like the fact just is they're 20 <laughs> years apart, right? Or plus 20 years plus apart. But the reality <laughs> of that, cause it's more, I graduated high school in 1997. You were probably not alive, but anyway, <laughs> you're barely alive. Yeah, I was born in 1996. Well, they're okay. So you were alive. We have some overlap yep. there. It's amazing. But my point <laughs> with that is like, none of that was modeled for me, right? Very different generation. Like my parents are boomers, like legit. My parents are baby boomers and stability was everything. So the idea of we take a day off in the middle of the traditional work week wasn't even something that would cross my parents' brain. And my parents are German. So Germans don't work nearly as much as Americans do because we frankly just overdo the shit out of it here. Like Germans are like a seven hour work day. We're good to go. And then you have six weeks of vacation a year, right? very different. But they do expect Monday through Friday you work. That's just how it is. It was never even in my 
stream of consciousness that people don't work five days a week until my husband and I established this. But to your point, we now have three kids who are already talking about, you know, we have one that's about to go to high school. My my middle is in middle school. My youngest is about to go to middle school. They have in their brain that like, you can have careers where you literally make the schedule. Like they know that if we decide that we're going to go on a trip, daddy and mommy can just decide that we're going to go on the trip because it doesn't require approval from anybody. They have that, what your parents modeled for you to an even bigger degree because they have two parents who are entrepreneurs who run businesses and we can do whatever we want whenever we want. If for no other reason than that, entrepreneurship is worth it to me. The fact that my children know they have choice growing up and they can establish exactly what they want in exactly the way that they want. And let me be clear for everyone listening, of course, there's a level of privilege with that when you have parents who are financially sound, like you had, like I had, like my children do. But my husband didn't. So I always want to have that part as part of this conversation. He didn't. He comes from a family where the dad left and it was four kids with a mom with no job on disability. And here we are, right? So like he had to, he had a harder route, 100% than I did, but he still did that. So it's absolutely, this is the possibility. And this is what my children see growing up. That's beautiful. Forget wealth, forget money. The fact that my kids have freedom as already their qualifier for whether or not they're going to do it. That's all I ever wanted out of all of it, right? Like that's, oh, I love that so much. I love that. I know that is so powerful. Speaking of that though, your journey then, you stepped into entrepreneurship as a dietitian, but you now also do business coaching. Tell me, and I think I probably know the answer in the back of my brain, but tell me what drew you to that side of things. Yeah. So again, with the, maybe it's manifestor energy, maybe it's just in general, but I, when I first hired my first business coach, I was like, I love the business stuff. I want to be able to do what you do now. And I was like, all right, Lauren, take a step back. Let's build the business first, have the proof that you can do it, and then we can move on. But I just like loved the strategy from the very beginning. I worked with that coach for a while, and then I worked with another coach for about a year after that. And I just learned so much from her in terms of like sales and strategy and all the things and just trying all these different things because I mean, Let's be real in the dietitian world. There definitely are coaches who, you know, it's like, this is the way you do it. And if you don't follow this method or if you fail at this method, I don't know what to tell you. This is the way that it worked for me. 100%. Lots of that going on. (laughs) Yes. So when I had this coach that was really, she was just brilliant. Like she would just, everything was adaptable, right? And it was like, "Mm, I don't really want to do this. And she's like, okay, so let's do it this way. How do you talk about this? It was a lot of like messaging and and getting really creative. And I just loved that. And she was the one that really helped me like kind of get the confidence. And she wasn't somebody because I've also experienced kind of pushback from coaches. I mean, I I could be making this up, but I got the inkling that like they didn't want another coach coaching dietitians in a quote unquote saturated space. So I would get pushback of like, oh no, maybe you should just teach people like how to coach on intuitive eating and blah, blah, blah. And so this particular coach was like, let's do it. Let's go for it. And uh, my first program was the Instagram reboot. So I was like, okay, what am I like an expert in at this point? And I was like, I've grown a very large following. And at one point I was like, my following's not growing anymore. And yet I'm still bringing people into the business on the nutrition side. And it was all because of how I talked about my product, the sales aspect of everything without it being salesy, sleazy, all the things. So I was like, all right, 
let's do this. And for the longest time, I did not want to call myself a business coach because I was like so fearful. And so I called myself an Instagram strategist for a little bit. And then I started to really step into it more because I was just really enjoying it. But the Instagram reboot is where it all started. And we still have that program to this day. I love, and you said earlier, maybe it's manifest or energy. When I how do I say this? I got to back up the boat here. But when I decided that I was going to build my own business, I did not know the power of my manifesto energy. <laughs> because it's one of these things that I have that I did, I no longer do, but that that I suppressed for a really long time, because it makes a lot of people really uncomfortable to be in the presence of somebody who's like, I always know what I'm going to do. And I don't need your opinion for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes people think that it's arrogance. But it genuinely is not arrogance. Oh, my God, I care so much about what other people think. And I so much want to be connected to other people and, and make sure that they're okay, and that they're taken care of, and that everybody's happy, nobody's upset, and all of those things that matters deeply to me. But that just doesn't have influence on what I decide to do. And that's different, right? That's not arrogance. That's just certainty in my creativity and choices. And as a fellow manifester, you'll understand this. When I stepped into business ownership, even on the nutrition side, because I still run my nutrition business as well, and obviously the business coaching piece of it. So you and I, again, very parallel. We're both running two sides of businesses. But when I first stepped into that energy, what I loved so much about it was the fact that I could unleash all the creativity and all the thoughts and all the ideas and all the drive and channel it into something that is the thing that I care about the most. Nobody goes to school for seven years for something that they hate, hopefully. Please, if you're currently doing that, stop, yeah. switch. Like You have your whole life ahead of you, switch. But it allowed me to, to use that gift that we have as manifestor and what manifestors and whatever, whatever you are, if you're project, whatever you are, it's your gift, go with that. But recognizing that gift that we have, that we have the drive, we know what we're going to do and we just need to act on it. And now we get to be as creative as we want to with it. And what you said about this mentor that you had, not giving you the blueprint and not telling you it's this way or nothing will work. That to me is a sign of an amazing business coach because that's what you want. That's what I do with my people. I think that's what you do with your people. I'm not here to have you build my business. I'm here to ha help you build the business that lights you up and that meets your needs and that brings out your genius and that lets you live your life. And maybe it's manifest energy, but maybe it's just the combination of we're allowing ourselves to really speak what we want to say and be who we want to be and then show up and run the business accordingly. But to me, it's the most beautiful culmination of all the things that parenting, school experiences, and now here we are. And I literally just get to do what I want to do every day and have massive impact on other humans and their lives. Like, it's beautiful. Yep. And I always say to you, I'm like, whenever I worked with a coach that it was this way or the highway, I never had success. And I was like, I don't understand. I'm investing in these coaches that are supposed to be helping me. I, I mean, I hate to say like, I didn't get anything out of it because it's not true, but it didn't, it never worked nearly as well as the coaches that I really just aligned with. Right. And that asked me, what do I want? Right. That asked me questions before it's like, Hey, just come sign up with me. Look at all my clients doing this and all my clients doing this. It's like, what do you actually want? What kind of business do you want to build? And that's where I started to use the term. I call them like Laurenisms, intuitive business. And I was like, Oh my God, this is literally what I want to do is intuitive business. Cause I started in the intuitive eating space and I'm like, this just makes so much sense with how I want to build my business, how I want to live my life. And the clients that are meant for me want to do that too. Which is also the conversation I love business coach to business coach. There are people that are going to absolutely resonate with you. And then there are people that are going to absolutely resonate with me. 
and that is perfect. Yep. Because it isn't about number of asses in seats. It is about the right asses in the right seats on the right bus, right? Like there are people that are just not meant to be my clients and there are people that are not meant to be your clients because we're not the right coaches for them. But both of us, I believe, are building businesses that are about connecting with people that want to be seen and heard and want the guidance. But in the end, I'm only successful if I'm helping that person realize their dream, not make a carbon copy of mine, which will, by the way, never work. A carbon copy of my business will not work for anyone else because the reason it works is me. Exactly. So you're still running both businesses. Yes, you're still running the nutrition business and the, the business coaching business. Do you love that? Do you love having both? It's been an interesting, an interesting battle. I haven't run a nutrition group in a very long time. I'm actually re, I'm launching it again in April. But for a while, I was like really trying to find my footing in business coaching. And I'm very much, I still love nutrition, but I'm also very much in in just coaching in general. Like when I'm not living my work, business feels really hard. And I'm like, business is something that I'm always going to be living. Like I don't ever see myself not doing some sort of business. Whereas the nutrition side of things, I only become further and further removed from my struggles, right? So it felt really good to me when I created my gentle nutrition course. So I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty much how I live my life. But the uh, the disordered eating space is exhausting. And um, I mean, I've played a lot around with like, is this something I want to hire another dietitian for? I don't know. Like there's just so many, so many layers. So it's been an interesting journey kind of seeing how the nutrition business will evolve as I am stepping more and more into the business side. But that's also the beautiful thing. You are still so young and you still have so much time and it gets to continue to evolve. You're engaged, you're getting married, your life's going to change. There might be kids in the future. Everything's going to continue to shift. That's the beautiful part of owning your own business. It gets to shift and grow with you. Our businesses have changed in iteration as multiple children came along and responsibilities changed and you know where our where our priorities lay everything has changed so the fact that you still have both it gets to be whatever you want it to be and you get to reimagine both sides of the business multiple times over right which i think is beautiful all right we're going to close out with some rapid fire questions you ready mm-hmm. okay we have to ask cuz you're a dietitian what's your favorite food this is such a hard question but i'm such a sweet girl and i always say either cookie dough or a chocolate lava cake Ooh, those are good ones. I would go for chocolate lava cake there. Although I had a conversation with someone yesterday who would choose donuts over everything. I'm like, I couldn't care less about a donut. It'll be a warm chocolate chip cookie or a brownie for me over a donut any day. Yeah. But side note, my favorite food would be somewhere between Indian chicken tikka masala or tacos. You can always like mm. give me a breakfast taco, give me a middle of the day taco, give me a nighttime taco. Tacos just always work. But no flour tortillas. That's garbage. That's not real food. No. Okay. <laughs> Type of people that annoy you the most. Uh, or are you just happy jealous. and nobody annoys you? Jealous people. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mine, mine will be slow drivers. I, can't, I cannot deal with <laughs> I cannot deal with, with bad drivers and slow drivers. I just can't. I cannot. Yeah. Okay. Early mornings or late nights? Mm, early mornings. Okay. Uh, running or lifting? Lifting. Really? I'm both. I couldn't pick oh, one. Up. I could not run. I'm an <laughs> inclined walker. Got it. Okay. That's that's big right now. Okay. I'm an early morning yep. and I run and then I lift and it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> Possibly because there's three kids and I get to have that time. But in fairness, I did that. Mm-hmm. I've done that since like late high school. So I've always done that. That was way pre-kids. Okay. Biggest piece of advice that you would give to women coaches who are struggling in their business right now? There's always seasons and no matter where you're at, 
all you need is to just continue to trust that what's meant for you will come. Oh, I love that. That's a good one. You need to make a post on that. That's a good one. When you listen back to this later, put that as a quote somewhere. That's a really good one. Okay. Um, I'm so glad that you were here with us. Tell people how they can find you. Where can people connect with you if they want to reach out? What's the best way to do that? So for the biz biz, what I call it, Instagram at Laura Sharp, L-A-U-R, Sharp with an E at the end. And for all things nutrition, I am low L-O and lemons. I pretty much live on Instagram. So do I. And people question that sometimes. I'm like, but I freaking love Instagram. It is the way it. that I get to connect with people and get my message out. Why? Like, I, I, I always struggle when people are like, I'm so resistant to the Instagram thing. I'm like, but how? This is literally your business. Like, this is the thing that right. I love. Right. Right. Anyway, so all of this information will be in the show notes. Obviously, if you need any info on my end, as always, you guys know that you can DM me um, at the Kirsten screen on Instagram. You can also email us at hello at kirstenscreen.com. Do not send it to Kristen. It will not get to me. That is not me. Um, Lauren, I'm so excited that you were here today. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. And um, we will tag you when this airs so everyone can connect. But I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And for those of you listening, thank you for being here and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Embodied CEO podcast. To connect with me, Kirsten, head to kirstenscreen.com or find me on Instagram at thekirstenscreen. My DMs are always open, so drop in and say hi. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share the Embodied CEO podcast and now go out there and take some action. 